open in your Bible with me to Luke chapter 13. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this season we're coming into right now. We're kicking off fall strong. And so I mentioned to you about our Saturday night services, how that's an opportunity to reach people who can't make it to church on Sundays. And that starts in two weeks. I talked to you about our, our, our 10-year celebration, taking that time to remember what God has done and to renew our, our faith, our vision, our commitment to Him as He speaks some new things to us and we receive what He has for us. This season right here that we're coming into is going to be great. But you know, every great thing starts small. Everything that is big starts small. You think about the biggest skyscraper. You couldn't have a giant skyscraper unless you laid a good, solid foundation. But even the beginning of that foundation, it starts small. It's like one scoop of earth, you know, and then you keep going from there and you lay that first brick or that you start to pour that, that first uh, yard of concrete before you get this giant skyscraper and someone looks at that and they say, that's magnificent, that's great, that's amazing. Today I want to talk to you about the beginning of something great because as I'm giving you some uh, information about what's coming up in the season for us as a church, I really do believe it is just the beginning of something great. In Luke chapter 13, verse 18 and 19, let's read this out loud from the screen so we can read the same words. Then Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree and the birds make nests in its branches. Jesus starts to paint a picture of what the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is uh, talked about quite often through the scripture. We see pictures of it in the Old Testament. There's a lot of teaching about it in the New Testament. In fact, the primary focus of Jesus' teaching in the New Testament, it's not about, hey, believe in God, die, and go to heaven. That's not what the, the, the primary focus of the gospel is. It's really the gospel of the kingdom. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what the kingdom looks like and what it is, but Really, when Jesus explained the kingdom, he said, I need to paint a picture of it for you so that you can understand how it works. For example, the kingdom of God, when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that we find that in, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. You know what we're doing? We're asking God to, to exert, exert his authority in the world so that his purposes come about. We're saying, God, we need your ways to become our ways, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom represents your will on earth, your will being done in these circumstances, not just in heaven when we die, but right now. In fact, this is important because a lot of times when you think about the kingdom of God, you think about when Jesus comes back to earth and he sits on the throne and he rules and reigns in that way. Well, that is an image of the kingdom of God. And that's something that is not yet. It's to come. And that's what the kingdom of God is like. It is not yet, but it also is right now. So it's right now and not yet. And, and sometimes it can be confusing when you read the Bible because you might be wondering, is that for right now? 
or is that for not yet? And some things are, are yes. <laughs> yes, it's for right now, and yes, it's for down the road. And, and here's the deal. When we're praying, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, the things that are coming that are not yet, sometimes they touch down and hit right now. And that's what we're asking for it to happen because we look at circumstances and situations in our life and we think it doesn't line up with his will. So God, let your will be done right now, just as it is in heaven, which is important because some people would say, I don't know, whatever happens, you know, let the will of God be done and so forth. Listen, find out what it looks like in heaven and pray for it to look like that on earth. Well, you know, some of that stuff's not yet. Yeah, some of it isn't yet. But what is right now? And find that out. Because we don't want our God's will to be done on earth as it would be done on earth, but as if it's in heaven. In that same manner, right? For example, man, you might be just torn up on the inside, broken, depressed, you know, suicidal. Is the will of God for you to be like that in heaven? No. Do you think you'd be like that in heaven? No. God, right now in my life, in my heart, in my family, in my job, in my, my school, you know, with my friends, we want it to look like it would be in heaven. That's full of joy, full of life, full of expectation, solid, healthy, healed. That's what heaven looks like. And God is saying, pray for that to happen on earth now. So there's that picture of the kingdom of God. Jesus gave a parable in Luke 19 about a a nobleman who went to a distant country to receive a a kingdom. And the people of that country, they didn't want to receive him. Uh, They said, we don't want this man to reign over us. And so Jesus is painting a picture of of a kingdom, and and, and he says, it involves ruling and reigning. So not only is it God exerting his authority so that his will comes to pass, but it also does include the rule and reign. That's what a kingdom includes. And then the final one I'll give you is Colossians 1.13, where, where Paul teaches that redemption, it, it amounts to an exchange of rulers over our lives. That, that, that's what the kingdom of God, when we enter into the kingdom of God, there's a transfer of who is ruling your life. Who is in charge of your life? In fact, it says it, says it like this, that, um, that God has delivered us believers from the authority of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So what the New Testament is teaching about the kingdom of God, and by the way, this is not exhaustive. The, the kingdom of God is what the New Testament focuses on. But what, it, what these verses right here connect uh, regarding the kingdom of God is, is, again, the exertion of God's will, the act of ruling or reigning, and the exercise of authority. So when Jesus says, I need to paint a picture for you guys so you understand what the kingdom of God is like, because I've been telling you the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right, it's right near. He says, so repent Let there be a change of thinking, a change of heart, a change of direction, because the kingdom of God is right here. And so as he does that, he says, I want to paint a picture for you to illustrate, though, how the kingdom of God works. Because with a king, sometimes we might think when the kingdom of God comes into a a place, it's it's like that image of a, a conquering king with his vast army who just comes over and defeats all the enemies 
right away and, and turns over the political system and sets in place new rules, new laws, and, 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 and gets everybody in line with that, you know, bowing the knee and, and surrendering fully obedient to it. That is one picture. And, and by the way, that's one of those things that will happen, but that is not yet. But we do see the picture of Jesus returning to earth down the road. But some people think, well, that's how it should happen in, in someone else's life right now. As soon as they become a Christian, then everything should change right away to where they look completely different and their life is all in order. And that, man, they are solid and down the road. But Jesus gives a different picture of that. Jesus gives a different picture of that. And by the way, if I was to break it down, you know, I gave you some scriptures and maybe some, some words about authority and God's will and transfer of rule and reign and so forth. Um, if I was just to break it down on a personal level, let me just, let me just describe to you what, how I think I'd best uh, explain the kingdom of God. It's this. It's when God shows up in your life. It's when God shows up in your life. So yeah, there's all this theological talk and doctrines and so forth that are important to understand and, and to try to grasp. But the bottom line, if I'm just talking to you one-on-one and we don't have time for all that, or maybe I, you know, I don't have my concordance to find all the scriptures or whatever, I would just basically say, you know, this is what the kingdom of God is. It's when God shows up in your life. It's when he comes alongside you right where you're at. By the way, you remember the, the, the title of this message, The Beginning of Something Great? Jesus paints the picture and he says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. How can I illustrate it? It's like a tiny mustard seed. Everybody say mustard seed. It's a tiny little seed, just a little seed that a man planted in his garden. He uses that word seed to explain the kingdom of God. When God first shows up in your life, it's often in a small way. Sometimes it's in fact, I don't think it's really that God showed up in my life when I ran to the altar crying and pouring out my heart to God and I gave him everything. That's not when God showed up in your life. God showed up in your life a long ways before that. You know, sometimes God shows up and the kingdom of God shows up in your life. And first it starts with a simple smile. Somebody just greeted you. Hey, how are you? And then it took some time to pause. Or maybe it was, it was that, that hello Maybe, maybe it was the introduction. The kingdom of God shows up in your life with being introduced to somebody else. That's how it happened to me, by the way. The kingdom of God showed up in my life when I was in fifth grade. Now, I gave my heart to Jesus. I fell in love with Jesus when I was 17. But when I was in fifth grade, now, this, now I think there's probably other seeds planted, but in fifth grade, I met a kid named John Sales, and he lived in the neighborhood. In fact, he didn't really live there. They just uh, said he lived there because his grandma lived there, but it was a better school than where he lived. And so they said he, he lived there. And so every day he'd go to school and walk home past my house to his grandma's house. But I was introduced to John, and we started hanging out. And he'd come over to my house, and we'd play Nintendo. Not we not PlayStation, not Xbox One, uh, none of that stuff. We played what was barely past Atari. So it was not Super Nintendo even. It was just Nintendo. And we played games like Contra. And we'd play this every day after school. And I just was introduced to John. And it was, great. It was when video games were great. 
You know, if, it, if we're going to have a president running on make something great again, make video games great again, where you can actually understand them, right? One button, two buttons max, right? Now I get on, I'm like, I don't even know how to operate this thing. But I was introduced to John, and then as a result of playing video games with him and going to school, I was introduced to his family. We started having stay the nights, you know? Girls have sleepovers or slumber parties, and we just had stay the nights. Can I stay the night? And, uh, you know, he would stay the night at my house. I'd stay the night at his, and every time I stayed the night at his house, well, after I met his family, of course, I was introduced to them, they invited me to church. And so when I'd stay the night at his house, I'd go to church with him. This happened regularly for years. The kingdom of God was showing up in an invitation in my life. Now, I, I didn't know Jesus loved Jesus at that point, but his kingdom of God was growing like a seed on the inside of me. I met his grandma. I got a praying grandma when I was in about fifth grade. It wasn't my grandma, but she was praying for me. And for years, that lady uh, prayed, and she prayed me into the kingdom of God. Through that introduction, she got to know me, I got to know her, and I got on her prayer list. By the way, the kingdom of God expands by putting names on your prayer list. It's a start of something big, the beginning of something great. It wasn't until later on when I was 17 years old that I finally surrendered my life to Jesus. I fell in love with Jesus. I gave him my heart. But that's not when the kingdom of God started in my life. That's just when it really began to show up to where I recognized it. But it was at work in my life long before. Think about this for you personally. When did God show up in your life? What small way did he begin to plant his kingdom into your heart and into your life? Some of you, it's just, you know, you're born with mom and dad and and they brought you to church. Like some of you guys, you got born, you were born on Saturday, you're in church on Sunday. You've been there ever since. You know, that's how my kids were. Like we might have missed one Sunday, but man, that's just what we do. That's who we are. Um, Some of you, it could have been like me. You just met somebody. Some of you, I've heard the stories where you simply found an invitation that was left somewhere, and it was just like a seed. Sometimes you were invited to church by somebody, you drove by, and and somebody actually cared enough to put a sign that says, we're a church out front, and you caught, caught your attention, and you stopped there. You saw something online, somebody shared about their church on Facebook in a nice way, right? (laughs) Not like, ah, this church right here, but they said, hey, you know, God's really impacted my life. I'm inviting you to come. So, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff like that. The beginning of something great starts off very small. This is also important to understand because you can look at the lives of somebody else who've, they've been a Christian for a long time. They should be further ahead. They should have it together. Or oftentimes when we're putting that on others, it's because we feel the same about ourselves. We should be further down the road. And I'll tell you this, the kingdom of God is at work in your life and it's growing. And you may not be there yet, but you're not where you were. And as long as you continue in this walk with the Lord, guess what? He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And we can give people grace for that then. Understanding, you know what? This person here, they're just getting started, and God's not through with them yet. In fact, turn to the person next to you and say, God's not through with you yet. What's the little thing that you can do for somebody else? I'm going to tell you a little thing you can do for somebody else. 
you can invite somebody to your group. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Hey, would you like to come over? Just simply give that invitation. You can do a little thing for somebody else. It's the beginning of something great. Mark chapter 4, verse 20, Jesus gives this story, of a, he gives a parable, and he talks about how the, the word of God is sown. He said, it's like a seed. And um, he said, that seed, on verse 20, that's sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it. Everybody say accept it. And bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. It goes right along with what Jesus was saying that a tiny mustard seed that a man planted. You see, in order for it to grow, it's got to be planted. It's got to be received. It's got to be accepted. But when it is, it'll start and it'll keep going. I remember one of my friends who got saved. Now, remember, we were about 17 years old when we gave our lives to the Lord, and, and we received the kingdom of God on the inside. So I come from a drug culture, and this kid here, you know, one of my good friends, he had spent uh, quite, quite a while before this cultivating his crops and growing marijuana. And it was just about the time he got saved that those things were just bearing their fruit. And um, I remember the conversation with him of processing this, where he said, oh, I don't know what to do because my plants are about ready. And he, he was just barely a Christian. He said, I, I, I don't know if I, what I should do with it. Maybe, maybe I should sell the stuff and tithe, right? <laughs> and so... You know, here it's it's kind of funny to think of you look at him and say, "What a dork!" You know, come on now. But but here's a 17 year old kid who this is what he's known, and now all of a sudden he loves Jesus and he wants to please God. But yet he's coming from this other kingdom and other rule and reign, and he's trying to recognize and relate to this new kingdom. And there's a conflict on the inside. What's happening right there? Why isn't he just ready to know right away? That's bad. This is good. Why is that? Because the kingdom of God, it's like a seed. And right now it's small and it's growing. And the main thing that God's working on right now is not that he knows the difference between right and wrong when it comes to drugs and so forth. Maybe it's something else like, hey, did you just know that I love you and that, that, that I hear you? Now, he can't stay there forever. 20 years later, if he's still dealing with that, like another year, should I sell it and tithe or what? You know, it, that's a problem. But the, hopefully by now the seed has grown up a little bit to where there's more growth that's taking place. But over there, we don't despise the day of small beginnings. And in your life, I don't know where you're at. I know you're not where you started. Sometimes God gives you a vision of the future, this great, you know, this whatever it would look like for, for, for me. You know, I was down here. When I was 17 years old, I was listening to a guy preach, and I started to get a picture of me being up there and uh, getting a sense of calling for that. And, and the thing is, here's the challenge is, is sometimes God gives you a picture, you can get a vision of up there, and you see right here, but you don't see the steps to get you there. You don't know the process to get there, and neither does anyone else recognize exactly when you're in process. They either remember you back here, or, and they can tell you're not there, right? And so, so oftentimes people remember you at the place they met you. And sometimes you can think of yourself in the same way of, I'm that kid, I'm that failure, I'm that broken, I'm that hopeless, I'm that one with the, you know, my business has failed, my marriage has failed, my relationships have failed. You know, I've been always struggling all these years. But you see, God uh, has something great for you. In fact, today can be the day of a new beginning, the beginning of something great.
Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, God is talking to his people about a guy with a cool name, Zerubbabel, right? Zerubbabel. And Zerubbabel is tasked with building the temple of God or rebuilding the temple of God. The problem is there are people who saw what the old temple looked like and they had that sense of nostalgia and they said, that old stuff was better than what this new one's going to be like. Look at him. I mean, he's barely getting started. And in their hearts, they were discouraged. And God says to them, he says, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And in our lives, the things that God is doing, God rejoices to see the work begin in your life. He loves it when you step out in faith. He loves it when you don't know what to do and then you ask and then you kind of have a sense that it's God and you move forward and he shows up. And not only that, but when you have a sense this might be God and you move forward and you find out, oh, I kind of missed him a little bit. And then you go back to him and say, God, where did I miss it? He rejoices to see the work begin. I don't know if you're stepping out in faith in life lately, but I want to encourage you, begin to do it. Begin to do it. Begin to trust God. Begin to, to just, just simply begin to, to, to invite God into your life in a new way today. Some of you have already started some things. Keep going with that, but begin fresh today to let God speak to you and use you and do something great in your life and start to think, not how I can do big things, but how can you do small things? How can you just simply lay one brick? How can you simply plant one seed? Don't despise the day of small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see a work begin. He's as excited at the beginning of a thing as we are at the end of it right? In fact, he's probably even more excited. He says, because you won't get to the end if you don't start. You want a solid relationship with the Lord? Start small way. Open up your Bible today. Read your Bible. Pray, talk to God. You want healthy relationships? You want a strong marriage? You know what you do? You just start investing in it. You just start in a small way. Baby, I love you. Do you know that you mean everything to me? How about this? You want healthy relationships? Try saying you're sorry. Well, I, I'd have to have something to be sorry about first because they, see, they, they did it, not me. Okay, try, try repenting to the Lord because of your, your pride <laughs> and then try being humble and then try saying you're sorry and just, hey, how can, how, can I, how can I serve you? How can I help you? How can I love you better? You want to be great, you know, have a great business? Man, start today by writing a business plan. Just start, and then, you know what, crumble up, throw it away, and rewrite it, and make it better, and, and continue. The beginning of something great starts small. So Jesus paints the picture of it being like a seed, and it's a seed that's planted. And by the way, you're, when you're in the Word daily, um, what I liken this to is you're just reading the Word, you know, God's putting some things in there. It's like seed being planted. When you get in environments like this, it's almost like it's more water and sunshine that hits it. You can come to something like this and not be daily in your word, and, and you're not going to get everything that God has for you. So if you are continuing to press in, and maybe this is your next step, this is the next step for you, is just to simply crack your Bible open tomorrow, and then maybe Tuesday, and just read one chapter from the New Testament, and just start there, and say a prayer. Take, take two or three minutes to begin to pray. 
And you'll start to see the beginning of something great. But that's how you get to a solid relationship with the Lord. And you continue to water that. It's planted, it's received, and it will bear fruit. And then the last thing I want to talk to you about this is this here. When Jesus said that tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden, it grows and becomes. It grows and becomes a tree. And the birds make nests in its branches. It grows and becomes. This is how the kingdom of God works in your life. It doesn't just show up in all its fullness and splendor and glory on day one. It doesn't. It grow, you grow and become. It grows and becomes something on the inside of you. The kingdom of God starts out in small ways, but over time, it can overtake you. If you'll let it, over time, the word of God on the inside, man, suddenly my thoughts aren't dominated by the mistakes I made. My, domi- my thoughts are dominated by the love of God, the opportunity of God, the hope, the joy, the expectation, the confidence on the inside. That's what my thoughts will get dominated by. If you let it, you'll grow and become. You're not everything that you should be, but you're sure not everything you were, right? You grow and become. And Jesus is trying to explain to people, this is the process. Don't be discouraged because you're not there yet. I'm telling you about a great season we're coming into as a church, but it's beginning. Now, we're already in a great season. We're in a great season that we were coming into earlier this year. We're there now, but we're coming into an even greater season because the people of God go from glory to glory. We, We don't go backwards. We move forwards. And that's what God wants for you and me. Uh, you, you start back there. God gives you the vision up there. He doesn't always give you the ability to see the steps in between. But if you just stick with it, you will grow and become. In fact, Jesus tells another story in Mark chapter 4, 26 through 29. It says that the kingdom of God, it's as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. And he should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow He himself doesn't know how, for the earth yields crops by itself. And I love that because two things. One is that seed that's planted in there, it yields crops by itself. In other words, you don't make it happen. God makes it happen. He put all the ingredients in there. You just make yourself available, right? And let God do the work. And you just yield to that continuously. That's where, you know, what do you want us to do? do Where do you want me to go? Where do I need to, who do I need to talk to? Lord God, what do you want me to say here? You know, we're just continuously yielding ourselves to the Lord and it grows up by itself. And I like this other part is the man, he doesn't know how. Like he's saying, of course, back then even more so, we've discovered some things scientifically now, but especially to people who wouldn't understand everything about seeds, like, I don't know how it works, but it works. And sometimes I feel like that in the kingdom of God, you know, there's this faith element that's required of, I I don't know how everything's going to work out for your life, but I know it'll work out. I know that God will work it out. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I know it's going to turn out. I know it's going to grow. I can't explain to you how I got from there to here. I can't tell you all the steps because some of them I didn't even see and God just kept moving me right along. I don't know how, but this is how the kingdom of God works. It's like a seed that gets planted, and you just grow and become. And this is important because some of you, if you were to run into some old friends who haven't seen you for years, they're going to notice something's different about you. You're not that same person that you used to be. 
you're not where they met you. And guess what? If they see you in another 10 or 15 years, you're not going to be the same person as you are now. Because the kingdom of God is at work on the inside of you. So don't despise that. Also, don't discount what God will do through the very small seeds that you plant in somebody's life. It very well could be an act of service. You just help somebody out. Just whether they want it or not, you're going to help them. <laughs> I'm going to help you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do something well, good for you. And you might move on and never see the fruit of that. But you know, this is true about us as people of God. There's fruit or evidence of God at work in our own lives, but most of our fruit grows on other people's trees. Most of our fruit grows on other people's trees. Why is that? Because you plant a seed in somebody else's life. You do one of those small things. Grandma Darlene, right now, this lady, she's like 137 years old, right? Because she was old when I was a kid. She's still kicking, and uh, maybe she's not that old, but she is bearing fruit. Let me tell you right now, you are her fruit. You're part of her fruit. The things that, if I, if I have ministered any life to you, any encouragement, any hope, any strength, any faith to you, if, if, if I've, and one little bit added to your life if, from my ministry, you know what that is? It's, it's, it's her fruit. Because she just simply prayed for me. She prayed for me. She loved me. She even cooked for me several times. I have an affection for people who feed me. But look, how many people are you going to impact? And, and of course, she's the fruit of somebody else, right? I mean, we trace this all the way back to Adam and Eve, I guess. Uh, because God said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. So we're the fruits of that right now. Isn't that amazing to think of? Okay, so last thing I'm going to say, ask you a question. How are you going to grow and become? And that's rhetorical, like don't ask, answer me right now, but it's not rhetorical in the sense of I'm going to answer it for you. Because you have to identify what are the right steps for you. For some of you, the right step might just be to come to church consistently. That's your first step. Like maybe you're newer, you've been out for a while, and just get there consistent. And when I say consistent or regularly, I don't mean like, like every major holiday. I mean like probably a little more often than that. Um, like on a regular basis, just, just to be there. For others, it is opening up the Bible daily. For some of you, it, it's this right here. This, this is a, a small thing for you right here. Go in, and, and start, that, start that group. We have it for teens too, by the way. We're going to be starting a youth one right here on Sundays, uh, Sunday evenings. Is that starting next week? Two weeks? 25th. We're starting on the 25th. But you know what? Some of you guys might go to other schools. You might even do it at your lunchtime. You might do it after school too. Uh, you can go to two groups. Uh, you can receive and give at a different time. I don't know what it is. Maybe, it's, maybe it is come to our 10-year celebration. That's, that's the next step for you to get that seed and just set apart that time. I'm going to receive from you, Lord. I need you desperately to speak to me and expect God to speak to you at that time. Here's my last scripture I'm going, to, I'm going to leave you with. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 8. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. Sometimes the beginning is hard. Man, if you ever, have you ever built something that you get to enjoy? 
treehouse for some of you. Maybe some of you have built a home. You started off in that process, and it's hard. It's a lot of work, whether you're doing it physically or someone else is doing it for you, and you're just making decisions, what color, what, what carpet, you know, what finish, what cabinets, and it's, it's stressful. <laughs> it's a lot of work, and then finally, though, you get to move in, and what do you feel? Oh, I'm so happy. Oh, I'm so glad. The end of a thing is better than its beginning, and every great thing begins small. I want to encourage you, don't give up and don't stop. Don't stop sowing seed into your life, into other people's lives, you know, receiving it, giving it. Don't stop that. Don't discount the small things that you can do in other people's lives or the small things that God is doing right now. The end of it is going to be so much better than the beginning. There's this picture and this future and this hope that God has for every single person in here. Every person, regardless of where you're at. And I'm going to tell you right now, I know some of you are at a place that you'd be happy to leave behind. (laughs) And guess what? God feels the same thing. I would be glad to get you past that situation right there. Don't despise that small beginning right there because I delight to see a work begin. And if you'll begin right now to see some situations and areas of your life change, you're going to see the kingdom of God at work expanding And the great thing about the kingdom of God is we have a king, and he's the one who rules and reigns. And we see that, you know, this. I liken it to the parallel universe here. You have earth here, but you have this other earth, right? You have this other place. Well, that's kind of like the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, and then the life we live here. And and they're going along, and up here, this is where God's perfect will is happening, and down here, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. And that's why he says, pray that your kingdom will come, your will be, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I want to see those things come together. Come together right there. That's what God wants for your life. He wants it to come together. 